Welcome to the Real Locker Room Talk with the boss from the Black Uplifts. There are special guests, Erica Hadley Jarrett. Homework is done. Uh, she's the business owner, well, she's the owner of the website Pregnancy Bump Box. Pregnancybumpbox.com. Which is a, um, basically a tailored trimester wellness box for pregnancies. Mr. Research. <laughs> well, actually, I've, I've actually, yeah, not just that, but actually wrote some stuff down so I didn't look like a pleb this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Simon, <laughs> man, boy, you got the earth behind you, mate. Yeah, I've got, 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 got the weight of the world on my shoulders, bro. Yeah, you're on the space station or what? I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders and I needed yeah, to take a breather, man. That's one pretty background. Well, there, How did he, uh, wait. Can I ask you one thing, though, Alstadio, before, um, before we carry on all? Um, this mic is it, is the sound coming through this mic? Or do you reckon it's coming through the audio? It's coming through the mic. Mic of this. Sure, mic because mic. it keeps on saying uh, come come through. Look, I'm disappearing, bro. Come through with the audio. It keeps on saying uh, computer audio. Look, I can disappear. Hang on, you, got, you got a green screen. No, no, I ain't got it yet. You can just mirror the thing so it just works like this. We want one of them. Posts. No, you just download the thing, bro. You just download it. I'll tell you where to get it from in a sec. You just download it. What I've tried it before, man, but I couldn't do it on my computer. Oh. Like I didn't have my computer's too old for that, man. I've got to upgrade. That's what I'm saying. Why won't <laughs> let me do it? I want one pretty background. Anyway, uh, before we get lost in the whole idea about changing the background, um, I wanted to start today. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, some stuff I came across over the last couple of days in the internet. Um, I discovered so because the topic's basically based around health, and Erica, okay. our, friend, our friend Erica's a health expert. Okay. You know, I learned today, this week, I learned that if you walk with a bowl on your head, it's very good for your posture. Good points. So that's you know, in Africa or India, where they actually carry stuff on their head, you see those people, it's that perfect posture from yes. balancing all the time. They've got perfect posture because if they didn't, the stuff would fall off their head. Exactly. Slouch. So what, I'm slouching what, what, now. What, what, so what are you advocating then, Wayne? Let's all walk if you, if you, well, <laughs> look at <laughs> someone understands me. Someone understands me. I had to cuss somebody once because they they're saying to me, "Oh, Nigel, I could imagine your your mom with a bowl of fruit on her head." I'm I mean, it's, <laughs> the thing is, it might sound offensive, but it isn't really. That's like culture. Isn't it? Oh, culture. Well, not my mom's culture. She wasn't carrying a bowl of fruit when she was in Jamaica. I don't think she was. She probably was. Yeah, she probably yeah, was. Yeah. And because <laughs> think about it, yeah, you know, first of all, you could carry more stuff on your head. You didn't like slouch. It's good for your posture. It's good for your neck muscles. Yeah, let me get comfortable, man. Let me get comfortable. You know what I mean? So in a way, I think that, well, yeah. Okay. Did, did you try it? <laughs> hey, look at this trying it right now. Look at this guy. Hey, my head's flat, you know. <laughs> Dude, I think it has to have something with weight. I mean, that's the secret. Something with weight. Uh, uh, man. Anyway, now that everyone knows that, you can go home now if your posture is, if you're a bit hunched like this. Then put a bowl of fruit on your head and then, okay, yeah, a bowl or, or anything weight, anything weighted, a bag, 
Didn't they used to train um, young ladies with like books on top of their yeah. heads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Models, I, I hear yes. that models use yeah. this form of training too. Yeah. When they're modeling, Actually. it brings up the chest. So I might walk around. If you ever see me with a bowl of fruit walking around, <laughs> I won't be doing I won't be doing this movement at least. <laughs> oh, God. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, well, I wanted to tell you guys about. I came across a post, yeah, and I'll post it in our group about the KKK in, in Richmond, Virginia, posing as police officers and taking, rounding up, like, obviously, black people. Yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking, you know... What, when what, you think recently? It, yeah, this was... Yeah, they were just caught today, today, yesterday, today, yesterday, a couple yesterday. of days ago. What? Yeah. Was it the people in the neighbourhood who actually caught them, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, have, they been, have they been arrested for impersonating? Yeah, they've been arrested. They caught them, man. But do you think about it? Them guys are desperate, ain't they? They're, they're dangerous, man. That's that's proper scary, man. Think about it. You you get pulled over by a police officer, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, these guys are really police. Do you never really ask to see a police officer's badge? Do you? You never like give me your badge. They're just like full on. You're aggressive. Yo, put slide out loud, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get shot here. And then they put you in a van, and then you just disappear, and you vanish. Man, that's cold, mate. Uh, that is that's, that is sneaky, man. You vanish. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, that makes you wonder what's gone on and Absolutely. how many people have gone missing. Have gone missing, and, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Particularly in certain areas of America, like I said, Virginia and those kind of, you know, kind of white supremacist places, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Did you hear about in Mississippi, they actually agreed now to take away the last Confederate flag in Mississippi now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's come down. I'm surprised that they but, kind of... Sorry to cut you there. Um, you know, they banned it from NASCAR in the States, which is like yeah, yeah. really, it's, it's, it's a national sport of the South down there. They were really, really for it though, wasn't they? Was really yeah, huge. and, but they defied it. People turned up and uh, basically pulled out their Confederate flags and had them everywhere anyway. And this guy, is it, what's his name? Bubba something. He's a NASCAR, one black, well, mixed race black, uh, uh, NASCAR driver. Uh, there was a noose in, in his um, garage, Hongo. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Really? Well. It was. Mm. I, I was saying it was an old piece of rope that was on there from time, but. But then they checked the sixty-four garages, and there wasn't an old piece of rope in anybody else. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. called it a noose, and if you looked at it, it was a noose. Damn. <laughs> what about with a name like Bubba? Though, I mean, come on, man. I, Bubba I Sparks. That's a good name in the south. <laughs> That's a good name in the south. <laughs> hey, old Bubba. <laughs> we need Link back to do that, the southern accent, man. Yeah. Yo, we need to come back on it again. Special. We'll have a Link special. You're supposed to have sampled in any way and used those sound effects. Nah, the no, thing effect. is, forget, forget Link. Like, I don't want to talk about him. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> did you discover anything recently, uh, Nigel? Um, came across. I discovered that if I wake up at four o'clock, I can't go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> I, I know that much. Um, <laughs> No, to be fair, no, I've, I've kind of kept my head down deep in work. Um, I've not really followed much news. I know that Leicester has been locked off. Mm. Um, Leicester for what? Oh, it's been again, cases, yeah. But they're saying that Leicester, um, I don't know, it's on, on the news just as certain parts of, of, of the UK where the numbers are going up again. Mm. So, yeah. what they're saying is, are oh, we going to lock down? But uh, apparently, some um. Child at school, they blocked the school off in Selly Oak because there was mm-hmm. a, a, a year one or whatever who'd been tested positive. Then there was somebody else who was suspected. So I think they've locked down his whole school in Selly Oak as well. So right. it's crazy okay. times, man, because I personally think guinea pigs, let's just get them out there and see what happens. They'll yeah. be all right. 
they'll be all right. As long as they're not BAME. <laughs> as long as they're not over 70. <laughs> as long as they ain't got no diabetes or asthma or heart disease yeah. or hay fever or, 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 or it's Russian roulette, mate. That's what it yeah. is. Take yeah. your chances, man. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Take your chances. Yeah. They need to weed out the weak, innit? What do you think about that, Erica? What do you think about all this craziness with... <laughs> I think that we're living in a um, quite a messed up world either way. I've seen, I suppose what concerns me out of all of this is the legislation and laws that have been passed as a result of COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of what, what that means for our future, for, you know, for, for the future, for the children. Um, and what really have they got planned then, you know, if mm-hmm. they can actually change our civil liberties so um some of the things that i read was that you can be held now against your will you could be tested if you're suspected of covid this includes children under the age of 18 mm. um some of the laws that have been passed including the mental health act are changed um just very 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 worrying for for the times that we live in really yeah yeah i think yeah. the thing to worry about as well well not, it depends on which side of the fence you're on as well in terms of COVID, uh, COVID or whatever you say, um, the way it's going at the moment, they're talking. Obviously, they've got these therapeutics that they're looking at. That, you know, that they're looking to bring out in in America. Obviously, it's costing people money already. It's not free for people, and they should, you know, that's their insurance system. I don't want to go into that. But over here, I guess we're going to start using these therapeutics and stuff as well. But a vaccine is still some way away. Now, some people have quite blatantly, I don't, because I, I listen to a lot of stuff from the States. I know in, in the States they're saying 70% of people have said that they'll take the vaccine when it comes. And 30% of point blank said, like, I won't take this vaccine. And then basically to achieve herd immunity, they reckon if only 40 to 70% of the population take it, if it's at 70, we're likely, they're likely to get herd immunity and it'll be a safer thing for everyone. At the 40-50% margins, it's not likely to, to give people herd immunity, which just means there'll be a cycle of the, the uh, disease going round and round. So it's something, I don't know how that will apply over here, but I know a lot of people who said they won't take the vaccine. COVID's going nowhere. All COVID is, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, um, it's flu on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, every year we get flu, every year they give us a jab. Well, they give them a jab. Yeah. Every year they give you a jab and they still get flu. Every year we get through and people still die. So mm-hmm. for me to say, yeah, man, we've just we've just brought out this vaccine. Oh, it's a one month old. Oh, so it's been tested. Oh no, 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 no I'm not. I am taking it. We're gonna, we're gonna you know, you vulnerable people, you can have it first, and then what we'll do, we'll assess and we'll do our research and our white papers. And after a couple of you die, then we might stop issuing it. Do a little bit more research, then we'll test again. No, 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 no. I ain't no one's gonna pick. I'm having nothing. No. They are gonna try and force it on us. They are gonna say, "Oh, you can't hear go this or do that." I'm fine if I can't go out the country because I ain't got no vaccine. I'm gonna make sure take one more holiday before it becomes compulsory. And I think that's what it will be. Is like so trying to enforce these laws of change to try and help them enforce the vaccine when it when it does come, um, which is a really hard one for me because. I don't have like I, I live for travel. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I don't know what. We're gonna find out more about that. <laughs> I'm not taking no vaccine though, so no. you know. I've got, but what does that mean for the future, even potentially? Oh, I don't think like the, the actual thought of, yo, I'm I'm making a, a stand here. I'm taking a stand here, but. I'm really not going to go to Thailand, or I'm not going to go to Brazil, or I'm not going to go to these exotic places again. Or, you know, I don't know if the UK alone is going to 
keep me going that I feel like it's a waiting game almost like <laughs> let's take that back since we're... in fact that's probably it actually because what you're going to do is say listen this this version 1.0 I ain't dealing with that I'm waiting till we're on version 3.0 or something yeah like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah 18 months in me yeah good. I think I think to be fair though I mean in terms of like when they bring that new medication I'm I'm sure the scientists say it's got to be at least three to five years of testing before yeah. they release it on the public yeah. so for me to rush this through when they don't even know how it started anyway, and they say, yeah, yeah, he yammed the bat. Um, all right, whatever you say. <laughs> well, I can even bring something out and say, yeah, it's going to be all right. You know, because this feels to me like it was something that went wrong. So yeah, why, to say the vaccine won't be the same thing. Yeah. And then to, check, to, to choose a community and say, yeah, we'll test it out of you guys first. Of course. Of course. You know, I'm not, I'm, I just want them to go, you know, we're going to test this out in Sweden. Or something. I, I know. I know. It's, like, I nah, it bell, 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 Iceland, Ireland, in Canada. It's never Canada. It's like we're going to test this out in Botswana, or we're yeah. going to test that in Mongolia. It's always yeah. somewhere it's where like, there's no cases of COVID. But they use the excuse that. Sorry to cut you. Unless it's a place that is so cut off, and I mean cut off. We look at have to look at the Black Death and the plague that mm. went round the world quick time you know what i mean that's without us jumping on planes and everything that thing was around for a long long time and everything as well so you've got to think about these places can get into any nook and cranny like you know i know it's i know it seems unlikely if you look at like the, the mongolian step and you think listen you won't even see a person for five days there you probably say anywhere else is going to have some kind of population that's going to intermingle with even nomadic or rural areas even if you go to brazil They've still got families in the city. People still come back into them places and that they're cut off from, from other tribes and people who don't know it's there and that, but they've still got family that have left. Every one of them places have got indigenous people who have gone into the city who have left the tribe and come back or whatever and that. They might not live there, but they come back. So it's going to reach every area eventually. That's what we, I think we've got to, we've got to realise it is going to get to every, every it's, it's here far to stay, man. Like, yeah. Talking of COVID, did any of you hear about the Burundi president who died suddenly at 55? No. Well, apparently, he 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 done some tests because I, I don't know the full story, but from the gist of it, to do Trump test, um, they would uh, they were doing something. Somebody to do testing on COVID, test. and he said that he tested goats, um, tested goats, malt oil, and papaya fruit for COVID nineteen, and they came out positive using the kits that the World Health Organization had really. Oh, that's why yeah, he's going to be killed. Well, he's dead. Yeah, five just died suddenly, buff like that. Yeah, of course. Sent the assassins, man. Because he reckoned that he had his own cure. And they were saying, I don't know if you saw what I shared from um, RT News, but they were saying, okay, Black Lives Matter, apart from when they're talking about having a cure for COVID. Exactly. About these different African countries. About this they've, the other had, day, didn't we? they've had minimal cases of COVID, so they're but obviously the first dealing with it. But because they're Africans, like, oh, well, no, no, we haven't got to look at their stats and their figures and what they're doing. Also, like, they don't know anything. It's like, well, you know, it's, probably, it's actually probably the opposite. It's probably a lack of like regard for African people. African, That's what it is. We're not reporting this shit because we're not interested. We're not, yeah. not interested. Like, we don't even care if they've got kits and that. You know, we'll send some the kits we were using three months ago and that, man. Just, just give it a good wipe yeah, or something. I don't want to be wrapped up in this in any formal way from testing to tracking and tracing to any form or part of it. So if it means I have to stay in my house for a seeable future, then, then so be it. I do not want to be caught up in whatever this mess really is. Mm. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's uh, get around to talking to our guest today, Erica, Miss Jarrett. What about you? Welcome. Welcome. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah, where do I begin? Um, so, where, do I, where, where, where was you born? You were born in the UK. But you yeah, sound like Northern. You have kind of a Northern accent. Really? Got no, so Midlands, Birmingham, born and bred, but um, went to Manchester there you go. Uh, University. That's what I'm picking up. Several years. Picking so up the mank in there. That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to be insulted. So you sound a bit like a, a little bit of mank twang in there. But That's not bad compared to a Brummie, though, eh? A bit of a twang. Yeah, but well, the Brummie accent is less said about Brummie? that. Less said about the Brummie accent is the, the better. There's nothing wrong with Brummie, mate. We're known all over the world. We are all over. <laughs> Well, starting to sound like a yam yam there. Be careful. I don't know, I don't know the difference, you know. They all sound the same to me, to be fair. Nah, man, no uh, way, man. Worse. Yeah, guess, some man. extremes of extremes. Well, yeah, um, ever since uni, so I went to Manchester Met and graduated in 2008 in sociology mm-hmm. and cultural studies. And yeah. that kind of just opened up a different world for me, really. Not in terms of the piece of paper that it gave me, because I graduated during, you know, the biggest recession with sim up yeah. until <laughs> what's about to come. Yeah. Um, so, you know, times were quite rough in terms of getting the, the career job and all the things that I was promised. But in terms of opportunity and questioning the kind of general grain of life and, and you know, the kind of general norms really kind of opened up my eyes to different ways and mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily following a traditional way of life. Um, so as a result of that, I really don't think I have in any formal way. Okay. Uh, so I've done, like I said, travel's really important to me. So um, I've been off on my travels. I heard you mention, Simon, some very nice places like Brazil and Jamaica and Thailand. Um, so I've done those. As we're speaking, I'm meant to be in Bali, sunning myself. That is one of our so. destinations that's on the, on the, on the list. Bali's crisp, man. I've been there. Indonesia. Yeah. I want to go so, there on Tahiti. <laughs> Tahiti. Tahiti. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, I just literally live for travel, culture, new experiences, you know, that feeling that the different colours, the smells. Mm. Um have you solo so travelled at all. Sorry to cut in you there. Have, well, you solo- have you done any solo travelling? Have you got yeah. any that's what yeah, it's great, isn't it? That really uh, changed my life. So 30th birthday, I probably bit off the big one. I went to Rio de Janeiro by myself. Boo! Uh, we were there, yeah, 2016. Yeah. Did I go? No, did I go? Was it with you? You went you, after you went 2017 as well. Did I go separate with you or did we go? No, because when you left and I was alone. You went to Salvador. I stayed in Rio. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. How long, how long did you go for, Erica? Um, well, it was a bit of a long story. So I was meant to have gone with my partner at the time and I was gone, you know, for a bit of a holiday and then a bit of explore and travel around. Mm-hmm. But my dad ended up having a heart attack. Um, okay. he's, he was fine, absolutely fine. But I ended up cancelling that trip and thinking I wasn't going. Um, and then kind of the week before we'd started to recover and said, you know, knew how much this meant to me. Just go, book it and go. Well, you can imagine booking the week before. Prices are completely different. Plans yeah. yeah. kind of all went out the window. So yeah. um, I just booked two weeks in like a kind of normalish hotel, not too far from Banner. <laughs> well, not too fancy, not too, you know, not too... Um... Four star, four star, at yeah, least. Yeah, Has yeah. to be four star, <laughs> nothing less than four star. We're in a hostel, bro. We're in the favelas. 
since um, that was my first experience, and I've got a lot braver since. So you know, definitely hostile. Wait there, wait, do. wait a second. Let me. You was you said you got braver since you it's, went to Rio de Janeiro. Was, it, was that your that was your first trip? Was it alone? Yeah, that was your first trip alone to Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> yeah, and then you got more braver. So when you end up <laughs> in um, um, Baghdad. So I remember sitting on uh, Coco Cabana Beach and literally saying to myself, if I can do this, this is the moment really life begins for me because I can do anything. Um, you know, and literally, so yeah, after retrieving Rio, it was like, well, hostel, so be it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, random boat trip, island stay, well, yeah. you know, kind of YOLO. Wow. Kind of Erica! <laughs> yeah, man, well that's done, you got man. corners, man. I like that, you know. Well the done, thing man. Is, I think, and I think... Um, that, that's amazing. And I mean, obviously, Wayne, you've been away. You've been away, Simon. You've done like six months away and all this. I love to hear all that because I think one of the things that I don't think I've got enough of in my 20s and 30s was travel. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a real key. to be fair. I did key, some. It's a key component of... of the growth, isn't it? Realising yeah. what the world's about. Yeah. And, go, and like you say, different cultures, different colours, different ways of doing things. You know, I remember the first time I went to Jamaica and I went with my son. And I was in my 20s. I think I was about 26. And I've come into Kingston Airport and we've walked out of Kingston Airport and it was like, oh my God. It hit you. All these black people, where they come from? Yo, he's <laughs> black. He's good looking black. Yo. One taxi man's pussy, one next taxi man, one old man's <laughs> lying on the bench drinking a red stripe. He was like, he's about to fight. Me and my son are like, <laughs> oh, you made it, man. Amazing. Made it, man. Amazing. <laughs> it really kind of gave me, when I got back to England now, I had a, had a bit of edge. I was a bit like, well, I'm annoying me about now. And yeah. I survived in Jamaica. Before we move on, before we move on, because we've got to find out more about you, definitely. But like when me and um, Al Salio went to Brazil, like I arrived a day before him. It was just the way we booked it. And that's so he was taking some long-winded white, route around turkey and somewhere yeah, and yeah. I, I, I flew to luxembourg stayed seven hours in luxembourg then flew to paris and then flew from paris to brazil so i did some mad ass way as well so anyway i turned up in in in, in uh, sao paulo island well we landed in and we're staying there for a little bit and then um i come from the airport and there's like four lanes of, of traffic but the six lanes across of people actually in traffic and that like they were sharing lanes <laughs> yeah people oh my god and oh, when God. you get away from the airport, because it's really nice streets around by the airport, it's really nice. And as you get away and go to where we was actually staying, which was actually a really popular local police avenue, when you get down there, the, the street lamps are probably about 50% the brightness of UK street. <laughs> when, I, when I went in, I thought this was some like Max Payne scene or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> graffiti everywhere. Yeah, I was thinking, yo, I went out, I looked, I went to the shop, I bought some cigarettes. I bought a beer and I went back in the room until the <laughs> next day where I met a Brazilian guy who I, I spoke to and that for a little bit. He showed me around a bit and then Wayne turns off. Sao Paulo, about 27 degrees with a scarf around his neck. <laughs> oh, it was cold. Yo, when I left Germany, it was cold, man. Wait, you weren't in Germany anymore. You was in Brazil, bro. You'd come away from the airport. And everything. I you know what? Actually, you know what? I spent... I'm going to... Uh, Expanding this story, I spent six months in Brazil, and I tell you, man, it isn't warm everywhere in Brazil, man. It's not, not warm everywhere, especially Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo gets cold, man. Mm. Trust me. But it's like it's like Mandeville in Jamaica. As soon as you go over Blue Mountains and you're on the other side, they have they have weather like England. Yeah. We left we left Ochi Beach, string best everything. 
Oh, sorry, we got to over to um, Mand was it Mandeville? It's Mandeville. Me set the win. That's like I had to, I had to buy a jumper. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Man, to buy like a jumper. No bloody clothes in that cold climate. But, um, so, yeah, so anyway, Erica, just back, Erica, sorry, back to Erica. Um, sorry, using Brazil. Yeah, um, realized I could do anything. Realized that I wanted to travel more. Um, you know, the thing is about travel and when you don't choose a traditional life is that each time you kind of go, you spend everything you've got and then you come back and start again. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's something that I'll tell you. As much as the experience is great, you know, it, it's kind of frustrating. I'm, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. So I was like, I've, I've got to figure out a new way of traveling. You know, I've got to make it work and actually work along a long mm -hmm. route. So um, I decided to teach English as a second language. Yeah. And I went out to Madrid um and then also oh. was in portugal for a little bit do you know any uh, languages wow i speak a little bit of spanish but i understand more than than what i speak follow portuguese portuguese is shocking no um, i think oh. what confused it was being in spain and then going straight to portugal and mm. it just completely confused the two with the similarities and it was like if I start really paying attention to this, I think I'm going to lose everything I've lost with Spanish. And that's no. my language, really, that, that I want to learn. Learning it the other way. Yeah. Um, well, not even just that. It's the, it's, they'd call them the, was it the Romantic language or the Romantic yeah. language? So it's French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, etc. Yeah, so like, I, and I think you can, it's definitely, if you was learning like a German or that kind of like language, it's, it's instructed a lot different, obviously, to the Spanish and Portuguese and stuff. So I think it is easy to mix those, those things. Yeah. I, didn't want to, I wanted to study Italian. I love the Italian language, but I thought, no, I'm studying Portuguese. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get Portuguese like wrapped up and then I'll, I'll move on to it. And then move on. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Although um, the Spanish thing has taken me a lot longer than I had hoped and anticipated. Can you imagine? Like forever. Can you imagine? <laughs> which, which, part, which part of Spain were you in? Um, so I've been in, I've been in Marbella and uh, Malaga, but when I was teaching English, I was in Madrid. And how did, how did the Spanish find you? Because I, I, I had a friend who went out there and he had a bit of a real bad experience. How did they, were they accepting of you, a person of colour? Did they kind of embrace you? No problems, no issues? In Madrid, yeah, I was okay. Um, I wasn't alone. I was with my partner at the time and I had a good kind of small social network there already. Right, uh, right. I also took what I call my fur baby, which is uh, a very cute little Pomeranian. So I think um, having him at my side kind of breaks the ice for anything. Right, yeah. And I think I spoke about this a lot recently with the whole um, Black Lives Matters and everything that's happening. I was yeah. on another podcast and I said, I think as a female... I've had it a lot easier. Oh um, yeah, you will do. You know, so I think the experiences of when my brothers come over to Madrid and when my, my dad's come over to Madrid have been slightly different to actually nice. when I've been with you know been by myself. Yeah. Mm. Um, however, generally in Spain hasn't always been positive experiences, um, but Madrid itself, uh, I can't complain too much. But then maybe I'm a romanticist and try to just remember the good and mm. kind of. Yeah, I think I think sometimes things go on around us and we don't actually notice. Don't pay attention, um, or we don't choose to tune it out. And it sense. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I I said this recently on a on a live I did when I was talking about racism and everything else and how could other people who've got any kind of tint on their skin be racist because when, it's bizarre, when, right? when, when, when the racist when the racist man sees them they're the same as us. You know, yeah. I mean? so, yeah. they'll say those same things. And exactly. I don't know if you I don't know if you saw what I sent in the group the other day, but did you know? 
that the Moors, the Arabs, the North Africans had conquered Spain for almost 800 years. Yeah, I told because you that. Their, because of their um, technology, they had more universities in, in, in the Spanish region they conquered than the whole of Europe had in the whole of Europe. I think mm -hmm. there was two universities in the whole of Europe and they had like 12, in, you know, the reading, the writing, the mm -hmm. amount of things they learned from these guys. But this is history that, this Never is taught. history that hasn't been told. What? Let me see how. I've had to wait till I'm 40, what, to find out that, hold on a second, you Spanish people, you're black yeah. people, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. People, North Africa. People, like saying, especially black stuff. people. <laughs> All the same. All the same. So, so, so where's your favourite place that you'd say that you've been, or what place opened your eyes probably more than anything? Nice question. Good question. It's got to be Rio, because it changed my life. Yeah. Oh, was... that's why I went in the move to Brazil. I that's why I went Brazil for like behind me, man. <laughs> you know what? Like, Rio had been a dream for so long. You know, one of those things that you, you don't even know ever will actually happen and yeah. what it's going to be like and why it was even a dream to me. My, my heritage is Jamaican. I don't know why I became so obsessed with this place and... Uh, well, I do, but it was from watching The City of God. Um, there Whoa, you go. <laughs> what a film! What a film! What a brilliant film, man. Yeah, man. Oh, well, yeah. It's not the kind of film that should make you like want to go visit a place or fall in love with a place necessarily. But for some reason, I saw past, you know, the, the bad bits. Um, and one of the things that attracted me to Brazil was the variation of colour. In yeah. 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 That's why I wanted to move down there because I didn't want my, my children to be raised yeah. in a place like Germany where they'd be discriminated against because my kids obviously mixed race or biracial. I thought, I've got to get my family to Brazil sort of mixing around the people who look like them. Yeah. There's just so many different variations of, you know, you could be white, blonde, Brazilian and, you know, dark-skinned, black, African-looking Brazilian. Mm. Well, don't people of a darker shade still have it Yes. If you go, okay. yeah, 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 in Brazil. That's a hundred. I'll tell you one thing that, and I bet you notice this yourself, Erica. When when you're over there, yeah, like blackness is beautiful over there. So that's what the first thing I'm gonna say. Black, so natural, isn't it? So natural. Ah. Like ah. black girls have their hair out big and bushy. Yeah, man. That's what everyone does because they just haven't got, have to worry conform to stereotype yeah, or worry. Man. I mean, like, some of them will lax their hair and stuff like that. But by the, like nobody's judging them by them being. Yeah. You know, you know, from having African roots or having been black. Now yeah. the difference is, like you say, which is the same pretty much everywhere. The way whiteness is viewed is what the problem is for for black Brazilians because it's not the fact that black Brazilians have necessarily been trampled on, even though they have. It's the fact that this this, this infatuation, as there is much, you know, other parts of the world as well, much as there is in other parts of the world where whiteness is just like you know, um, it's glorified almost. You know. Yeah. Where, a lot of people, even even darker girls in Brazil, do skin bleaching and stuff like that. White, the lighter skin people walk around with the, uh, more confidence. I'd say almost an arrogance. More, more opportunities. Uh, I'd well. say I'd say they actually come in with, with some kind of arrogance at times as well. And I think that me and me and Al Stalio straight away. We didn't do it intentionally. I went there thinking, oh, these beautiful Hispanic-looking girls, these Latinas. And I'll be honest, within two seconds, or we, you know, we're getting to know them. There was a couple of nice people, but I found they were so arrogant in the way. And it, it is almost like I'm a social, you know, it reminds me of the caste system, much mm -hmm. like India, where it's like, you know, I'm this caste, so, you know, I don't even have to look in your direction. And they carry that around. But the black people were so engaging, whether they spoke English or not. The, the difference between Brazilians and anywhere else is that they, they won't get frustrated at you for not speaking Portuguese. 
Yeah, yeah. they'll just talk to you, innit? They will talk to you. If you don't understand, it's fine. They will smile. They will try and work away through. They'll try and mimic something, you know, that's like charades or whatever, you know. It, it's beautiful. And the black people in Brazil, um, to me, are what really made Brazil the experience it was. Can I just expand on that a second? You know what I realised when I was in Brazil? Because my wife's obviously German. Mm-hmm. So when we went to Brazil and they found out that I was English and she was German, they didn't care about me. They were like, you're German. Wow. And they really would like bend down to her. And like, she was like some garden. I was like, you know, the Germany's messed up the whole world. But they didn't care. They didn't care. Hey, they <laughs> love German people. And, and it was like, like I mean, yeah, we did. I mean, not me, but the English, the British did as well. But it was really amazing to see. I was like, oh, no, but you look like me. What, what's so special about her? And it was really this, this European worship that they're having, you know, been brainwashed with. My wife was just really like, even when I said, like, I'm, no disrespect. My, I'm better looking to my wife, innit? You know. <laughs> Are you going to say that? You're a different, you're a different man. Look, man. Nah, 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 nah. You can always tell if your wife is dating up or down, and I'm just better looking to my wife. <laughs> now, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I've got, this, this leads to something cool. See how we look first? <laughs> yeah, I have to look first. Anyway, so yeah, and I'd be like, and then they'll see our kids and be like, the kids so beautiful, the kids are beautiful. Like, yeah, it's because it came from me. And they'll be like, it's from your wife. I'm like, hold on a minute. No. You're cold, you know. Yeah, they Yeah, man. Anyway, oh, welcome, um, Erica, meet Erica. Erica, meet Erica. Hello. I didn't say Hello. Uh, I'm call you one in a million today, Erica, because we've already got another Erica on the oh, show. Yeah. No, you can't demote Erica like that, man. We're just trying <laughs> to get Erica Horseman and Erica Jarrett or Miss Jarrett. There you oh, go. Miss Jarrett. You sound so posh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds southern, posh. like Southern American. Hey, Najima Smalls on a couple of weeks ago, and all he kept saying was Miss Smalls. Yeah, and, and I started saying it, and at the end, all you can is Miss Smalls, Miss Smalls. And I'm like, oh my god, that sounds so polite. I don't mind. We'll, we'll get that out of you, don't worry. <laughs> so, so, okay, so basically, you were saying Brazil was the life changer, which was also the same for me. I think Brazil and Japan were the two places that really, like, my heart is still in Brazil, and for some reason, still in Japan. I don't know why, but when you go to Japan, know, yeah, Thailand, now Thailand's got different stuff attached to it but japan is like you go there and you're like oh because i think what it is that was the first place where people bowed to me that was the first place i saw true respect for human you know when someone bows to you and they don't even raise their head before you go you're like hold on a minute did you get the message man i'm i'm black man (laughs) (laughs) no one likes me (laughs) you're not supposed to bow to me you bow to everybody else japanese european but the black people you still go you know you do find that because when i went to bali and i've said this to many people the the most friendliest people i've ever come across in my life they could not do enough for me. Mr. Nigel, Mr. Nigel, yeah. Mr. Nigel. Honestly, I could have stayed there for six months and not even come back home. I don't even think of England. It's the first time I've been away and not wanted to come back. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's like a Far East respect thing or whatever, but yeah, I, I definitely share them sentiment. I yeah, don't to Japan. I agree. Thailand was a similar experience. I don't think I've had a bad thing to say about anyone I met there. But maybe it's like, you know, I don't think I've ever really had a bad word to say about anywhere I've really yeah. been in the world. Like I said, is it is it me? Have I got this kind of romantic vision of when you're away or 
I don't know, but um, oh, actually, because sorry to jump in, but it's just reminded me of the funniest thing. And Al Stalio will probably know. I've got a friend called Luis. He's from South. If I'm actually from Rio, but he lives in in Sao Paulo. But okay. he's got friends in the UK, and he comes to the UK quite often. He actually works for BBC Brazil, um, but he comes to the UK quite often, and he's obsessed with UK culture and everything. And I seen an Instagram video, and he's driving around Alan Rock on one video, going, "England's so beautiful." <laughs> And the, next one, the next one is at the back of Tesco's in West Bromwich going, I love this place. This place is so beautiful. Oh, compared to Brazil, man. Yeah, you've got Sugarloaf, man. But you know what it is? Like, <laughs> grey skies, the, the, the English typical houses, cul-de-sacs and parks and, and whatever it is, is exotic to him. Yeah. You know, got, they, like, they probably feel like that about us. I remember going to the favela and being like, wow. Yeah. And they're probably thinking, like, like looking at us like, they're sort of maze, like wow, wow, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't have the landscape. I did like Brazil in, in England. It's true, Alan Rock though. <laughs> Can we ask you? I don't know if you covered anything before I got on the show, but how did you get into doing what you're doing now, and what was you doing before you got, or still doing? Um, you know now. I don't know if you're full-time on this or not. Life's been a bit of a windfall in terms of work. So after I left uni, I got into um, fundraising. So I, I helped charities raise money and help them develop. Um, and that was a real saving grace, actually, because that allowed me to basically work from a laptop pretty much anywhere. Yeah, um, so I've been doing that on and off over the years, but not really with that much kind of financial gain or reward. It's charity work. A lot of the time they pull on my heartstrings, I end up doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, then no, um, no, no. I've had to pick up other things along the way. And I like learn, learning new things anyway. So I've done a bit of sales, a bit of admin. Um, my mum runs a, a local business to where I live, which is cleaning and laundry. So I've always been kind of a pivotal role within that in the technology side of things. Um, mm. So, you know, her social media, recruitment, admin, just general support. Um, and then more recently, so the last job I had before launching Pregnancy Bump Box, I was just literally in a job that I couldn't stand really the job itself i enjoyed it was a sales job i was working in construction which was um, a new industry for me so interesting new challenge but you know you've just got that feeling that i'm worth more i've done all these things and i'm here i'm 18 or 19 thousand pounds a year and uh, it's the kind of thing you do when you you know you're in your early 20s and mm. a lot well, of the girls with big ideas you know yeah, a lot of the girls that I work with, you know, they've been with their partners for 15 years, they'd bought their house, they'd, that'd been their only ever job. Yeah. And I just thought, I can't see that ever being me and I yeah. can't see my life progressing here. So that's why I was telling Nigel earlier, I kind of took the extreme route of quitting my life completely. Um, yeah. I, it was easier than bearing what, what yeah. I was living at that point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having done all of these things and travelled and doing so much exciting work, so I literally quit um, my relationship, my job, <laughs> my apartment, moved back in. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> moved back in with my mom. Looking yeah. at the Pomeranian, going, "You're next, buddy. You're next." <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing that, that I'll never give up. I'll On never give up. So. He's all right. He came with. Um, Yeah, and I literally started again and with this vision of Pregnancy Bump Box. Now, initially, it was the subscription model that attracted Mm -hmm. me. It was the business model itself, this idea of having 
residual income one day that you know just kind of keeps turning the yeah. aim eventually is to have a box a month so um you know keep them for nine months and pregnancy is never going anywhere so keep that's them true yeah back. it's a good place or to sit actually friends or keep their sister or you know it'll always be someone once you've got them um so it was a model really that i fell in love with and then it was just trying to find a way to to how do i apply that to something that means something to me Mm. Um, so I explored loads of different ideas and different concepts and done a lot of research and just kind of kept coming back to the pregnancy really the fact it's not going anywhere the fact that there's nobody one single brand that I can think anymore that does saturate the market Mm. Um, if we take out the one well-known brand that is um, yeah Johnson's not <laughs> um, <laughs> skip around the bush, which I think personally is questionable. Some of you know the I know they've made a lot of changes in the UK um, mm. with some of their items, so I can't quote you know what exactly is in them right now. But I know over the years uh, a lot of their items have been questionable, and besides them, I can't think and associate one particular brand with pregnancy or pregnant women. Um, and when I was asking this question amongst friends and people. Nobody could really answer, particularly when mother care went as well. It was like people were kind of left with like, oh, that's, that's a good question. So I just thought this is an opportunity here to build a brand as well. You know, more importantly, that could potentially fill a bigger gap um, depending on where it does lead. Okay. And um, what, what is it exactly that, that you do? I know you create um, things that, uh, that uh, each month throughout the cycle of the pregnancy, I'm, I'm guessing. What sort of things will go into to, to that? Probably can we have an example of something maybe in early stages, maybe something from the later stages? So at the moment, um, there's just three boxes. Well, there's four, but we've got the three trimester boxes, um, which are the kind of main feature. Now, I'm going to explain because, as I noticed earlier, not everyone knows what a trimester is, which neither did I, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I do after three, three kids, I know. Not along the way. Um, so, yeah, your first trimester is, is your first three months and yeah. so forth. So, you know, a woman's pregnant for nine months, it's split up into three months. Um, so the first three months are very much about, uh, you know, the female getting used to her body, what's happening in her body and all of those changes. Um, the morning sickness, the hormones, the changes can be a lot to kind of take on board. Mm-hmm. So some of the features in there um, are to help with morning sickness and help just generally settle the tummy and just general help and well-being and calm through that kind of stage of we've got a lot going on and a lot of growth that we don't see on the outside happens internally and then um, the second trimester box is where everything starts to really kind of really start seeing that growth Mm. So that is about, you know, stretch marks and making, again, comfort. So um, things, sleep aids and heated pillows and comfortability. And then the third trimester box is about preparing mum for birth um, mentally and physically. So there'll be some products. So, yeah, there's products in there that I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't think you'd appreciate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, 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 I would because I've okay. been there. Rest pads, so, things like that. You know, we've got um, a bottom spray, for instance, that's got added witch hazel for, you know, kind of when, when bits and bobs get sore. Um, oh, God, yeah, that's bits and bobs. Hey, listen, when you... 
I was gonna say when you birthed your own child, trust me, man. There's nothing, there's yeah. nothing you haven't seen anymore. Birth you your own seen. child. Just everyone should do that once. Birth your own child, and then you see everything like in detail. I, I'm HD. Having no more ch- I'm having no more children, my friend. <laughs> you gotta have one to birth it. One more. No, no more, man. These adults, no, we don't need no more children. Imagine, <laughs> I got great ears already, man. From having two. But I think that's the thing I said to Nigel earlier. Is um, I think a lot of people are surprised people with this i don't have children um so they're like well how did you kind of end up with this business (laughs) um i'm always the aunt i'm the godmother i'm you know the the fairy godmother that comes along with the presents every birthday and every christening and um and it gets really frustrating being that person that hasn't been through it so but trying to find something thoughtful meaningful caring individual um you know and a lot of things become about mum when she, sorry baby when she's pregnant and i think mum mm-hmm. kind of neglects herself and gets neglected everyone's like oh how's the bum not yeah. how are you yeah. yeah it's like that yeah. it's true it's true it's true so i wanted to try and make something about about mum as well. not keeping you know keeping baby in mind so everything in the box is healthy and holistic and kind to baby um, but it's just all about giving mum that self love and time and pamper that she needs before the bundle of joy comes and takes over life. What <laughs> <laughs> okay. would be really cool that you could possibly even add to that is, is probably um, give them some um, information. You've got actually a good way of even talking to so maybe like doing some audio stuff that they can find online that could help, you know, talk to them about it and um, that even, like nutrition or loads of little things, you know, like little bits of like practical um, information that, that could go in with that because I think it's such a good idea. And I think the concept around literally looking after mum and her probably feeling like she's got that sort of maybe like a relative or that family member, well, somebody coming around to actually look after them, you know, this is for this, this will help you with, you know, keep comfort, you know. I think that's such a nice idea and such a a nice thing. When I heard about your business, I thought that is just really, really a nice business. And I think think you've got got so much, um, so much about it. And I think you hit the nail on the head is, I want to be in a nice business. I want to be in a business that's nice and helps mm. people. And, yeah. you know, I can, I know a little bit about health and well-being and mindset. And if I can share that with other people and, and you know, earn a living out of that, then it's like the charity work. Then, yeah. then why not? You know, that, that helps exactly. fulfill my soul. Working your flow of genius, as my friend calls it, your flow I mean, of genius. I mean, if, I, if you don't mind me saying, you look a bit like Mother Teresa on the camera at least. Who, me? <laughs> Not you. With, you, look, you look like Buddha. It's a horseman, Erica. With my ribbon. Yeah, what? it looks nice, though. It looks nice. To, to our Erica, was there anything that particularly helped you during pregnancy or something that you wish you would have had or found out about maybe on your second or third baby, you know, that you wish you would have known about? In, in... I would say, but listen, Erica, be other Erica's Um It's just really... Oh, your, microphone. your microphone's a bit funny. Oh, you hear me? Sorry. Yeah. As well. Can you hear me properly now? I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because I've dropped this phone also. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you and technology are not friends at all. But, um, yeah, I was saying that listening to Erica speak, I feel as though for someone like that if there was just like even a little video and a bump box that I would have known about like I really would have enjoyed that because you're someone that's quite relatable and I was listening to this podcast the other day with um 
Mars Lord is her name. She's a doula in, in London. And she said that there were no black doulas when she got into it. And it's like having that friend, that relatable friend, not saying it should be every black woman has a black woman and every white woman has a white woman, but the, the relatability, like when I've read through Emma's diary, I kind of think, mm, that's mm. kind of for rich white ladies. It's not for me. So there wasn't really anything that I connected with. Mm. to have an outside perspective that for something that you do need objectivity as much as you're going through it yourself you do need that objectivity of someone coming in but like I say all of the perspectives with nothing that I could relate to so if I'd have had a bump box from Erica and had like a little video or a little magazine or some little leaflet I would have loved that yeah. so yeah and that's and that's, and that's and the thing you see there's so so many ways that you can take your business now um, yeah I mean, I mean, I don't know if you're doing magazines, I don't know if you're... So, that's something I wanted to ask you guys then, and particularly you, Erica. One of the things why I haven't really put myself personally out there is because I was like, well, is it going to hinder the brand by people thinking, well, what do you know about pregnancy? No, I think no. it would, because, no. like I said, having had four children as well, I really instantly, listening to your voice and why you're in it and why you've launched it, I feel as though it's that care and that warmth. Yeah. Because I've met nurses that have had God knows how many midwives, that have had God knows how many children, if yeah. they don't have that personal warmth and that, that relatability and that, you know, the instant rapport, exactly. then you don't connect to them anyway. So they could have five or ten kids yeah. and you yeah. wouldn't connect yeah. to them so I feel as though you should do it yeah. I think that's what I'm because I think people still people buy people and the product you've got is fantastic mm. and and you're absolutely spot on if you're out there and you're a friendly voice in an uncertain world because let's be honest typically men when they're what their partners are pregnant we're pretty crap I can't drink. Are you sure? Speak for yourself. Shut up, man. All I, I was the best <laughs> husband. Hey, I was a nineties father. Anyway, yeah, that's... Um, so I think you coming across in an educational video or talking about how this natural product that you're using and it's, it's better than using this alternative because it doesn't contain these elements and these chemicals, I think that would come across really well and just kind of help to- Present very elevate. well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I, would, I would use yourself as the, as the kind of the spokesperson. Mm -hmm. The brand still sits behind you, but you can be the voice of that brand. I think, you know, mm -hmm. Erica's spot on there when she said that. I think that's really- Thank you. Uh, and I really like the point that you made about Emma's diaries. Um, thank you. I'd be really mm -hmm. about not being relatable to, you know, ethnic women. Um, mm -hmm. I'd read through the info that was there for the baby, but then essentially I'd just zone out and just be like, it doesn't connect with me at all. So no point. Mm. Now is your time. Now is the time. I feel yes. like this is like massive potential for growth. And I just now wish... Is, now is, I, 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 I think you should, yeah, I think you should just obviously just have a look at what you've got because what you've got is so great. I mean, like Erika just said, or, or Nigel actually just said, actually, to, to describe a bit about what's in the box, about how it, like, it affects <laughs> mom and baby. Like I yeah. say, talk about those the trimesters so that, that you know, the, the stages that people are going through, I think could be amazing. If that was just even like a, a one or two minute video, audio or something that's just left up like you do when you pin a post on yeah. a Facebook post. That, yeah. that, and just leave that there. 
and maybe have one actually for each trimester. Yeah, actually, like yeah. logo of the business, you know, a yeah. couple of, like you say, a couple of videos, you can share them all everywhere. What happens then? People are like, who's this girl talking about boxing? Oh, yeah, where, where she's from? And they follow you back to your, 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 they follow your breadcrumbs back to wherever you are, and that's where they see the glory of what it's all about. Yeah. Um, you really could accelerate that. And, and the good thing about that is that you talking about residual income, making that far away from getting to get in the big box i've i've been mom like you say pregnancy is like a you know some of the the few industries that we've got you know covid taught us a lot about things that won't stop even in the, in the midst of a pandemic and that's the same much the same with pregnancy you know people who were caught up three or four months pregnant um when when this outbreak started or was here in february march and that still have to go through the pregnancy they're still going to have discomfort yeah. they're still going to yeah. go it's like you know, it's it's just like you say. What you've done is you've, you've there's, a, there's a, a circle that it's just not. It's never going to end. Yeah, it's the same as funeral directors without being morbid. They're never going to end because the cycle of life is going to continue. And, and your, sorry, your product as well during this climate crisis would have been a light for yeah. someone who's go who's locked in. I can't come out my yard. I'm isolated. Oh my pregnancy, but you know my box has turned up. And there's some, you know, some things in there to keep me positive and keep me motivated. Do you have any kind of support group for people to um, go to who who are customers maybe who can give you feedback? No, but I think that needs to be um, the next step is like start some kind of Facebook group for customers um, to go and be able to support each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as like, you know, if you was to send out your box and then with, c- contained in that is uh, a list Sample. of for the local antenatal centre, your local support in, say, you know, whether it's mental health, local, you know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Little simple things, you know, talk about, you know, temperature norms yeah. or something like that or things to look out for in, like, in each mm-hmm. term of pregnancy that could be something like indicators of, not, not you don't want to spook anybody, but, you know, just things to watch out for, to be mindful of. I think just little tiny bits of information that you'd consider to be important throughout, like you say, the trimester, just on, on a small little leaflet, like Erica said, that like it could be that like, okay, I feel a bit, I can put that on the fridge now because I've got these numbers that are, you know, if I feel like if I'm a bit unsure about something, then that can lead back to, to you know, to, to, you know, to the fact that you've provided that for them, you know, even the fact that it's got your website link on yeah. it yourself yeah. or like, like cause Nigel obviously he works in marketing and stuff like that. And there's so many, little and i mean you'll know Nigel. it's the tiniest little things that you would have to do now it's probably not as big as as you think where you're thinking on videos here there and that you're not going to have to commit yourself to like that you may have to commit yourself to three individual videos for each trimester and maybe an introduction on your business or something like that itself what it does and then maybe just think of two or three additional things that you could put in your box uh maybe stuff like i don't know when it's like a certain kind of bubble baths or something like you know anything that again is wrapped around the idea of comfort or, or well-being or something and then put a little couple of info things in there i think you know even if it's got a fridge magnet with you with your you know bump box thing on it or something like that just so people you know can have some kind of um you know something to attach you know your name always with those things and one yeah. of the um, one of the niches that um, erica's gone down is all very much natural products yeah. i was gonna ask if it was holistic product no no yeah. no no laura sulfate which we use no. in floor cleaner no. um foot cleaner it's all it's all vegan and stuff then it's all vegan. Yeah. 
Yeah, I find that is where, sorry to cut you, and you seem to say whites or blacks, but that's why I think black people are very, very mindful. You know, if you look at even like the way they cook back, you know, Jamaica or Africa, and that it's very natural, it's vegetable stuff all around. It's, it's, you know, we don't tamper with our stuff. We don't put preservatives in it to make it last longer and these kind of things, you know, even like your bread, everything, it's, it's, it's just... Um, one of the things I've made, one of the new suppliers, um, I actually met through um, our motivational Queens group when I went to the event in March and she is actually a Caribbean lady that started their magnesium and coconut products and they are I mean I brought a basket for my mum because she suffers with arthritis and I've been reading a lot about how magnesium the benefits of, of using it um, and my mum's been using it for a couple of months now and you know I definitely think there's been improvements um, in her joints and in her, in her pain yeah. Um, and the products themselves are lovely. They're fresh. They've limited ingredients in them. And just, I generally love learning. Um, I'm, I'm on my own journey at the moment. Um, I'm doing a bit of influencing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so and modelling. I feel so pathetic saying oh, okay. <laughs> it's never really been my um, ambition in life. But I'm trying to use it for again as a platform for something positive. So yeah. I'm not, you know, using fashion brands and makeup. Um, I'm using things like um, sea moss. I've introduced into my diet. Okay, um, sea moss. Yeah, heard of that. Yeah. Irish moss. Yeah, testing that out and sharing that with with you know my followers and sharing the benefits of, of different things, different health drinks, you know, different ways, mindset, yoga, yeah. um, particularly through lockdown as well. Yeah. Um, mm. But I didn't do that with my business because I felt like, am I going to be a hindrance to the business, particularly as, it's terrible after I say it, but my following up to now is majority white. It's not for you to do. They've got the money. When somebody walks into a yeah. shop, you know, the shopkeeper, asking, the shopkeeper doesn't care if that person's white, black or anything. It's not for you to decide who your market is. It's, 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 it, maybe you could think about your messaging or something like that. But like at the end of the day, you're, you're being you and you're sharing your, you know, your business in your way. And I would never, ever walk away from one, your identity or two, like even question where potential revenue or your people are like i say if, if you think about being relatable pregnancy is the same for a black person white person there may be you know i suppose i thought by me putting my face on it and up yeah. until now the predominantly my customers have been white and then they see me it's going to be like oh okay that wasn't what we was expecting yeah, but you bridged the gap though but you be presenting such a way where you, <sighs> like it's, it's I just don't see. I don't. I, I don't want to say this. Obviously, as, as on, on the live cast in, in a serious way, but I think that element of doubt just needs to disappear. I think you're up in your own head on that kind of so, thing. So many people. On your product. So many people of colour hold themselves back for that very reason. Yeah. Um, there was a guy in Birmingham. He, him and his wife do a um, takeaway or some kind of calf. Mm. And he had to put himself in. He felt that when he was there, that the customers weren't spending the money, they weren't hanging around. So he hid himself in the back and did all the cooking and that. <laughs> and, then, and then when all this happened with George Floyd, he put in the newspaper, I'm not hiding anymore. You don't want yeah. to my business because that's it. Like, Come on, tell ya! So, <laughs> what I yeah. say to you is be proud who you are. You're yeah. never going to, not everyone's going to love you, but. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to love your product. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And the Rose will love you. There will be people who love you. Like, with my business, like, uh, I'm in the music industry. 
uh, I've actually, you know, been quite public sometimes saying I'm feeling a lack of support or a lack of, of people who will get behind the product. And I knew what I had was great, well, is great. And it's very difficult to sometimes, like when you don't feel the love or support, to look, start looking on yourself. But my intentions were always genuine. I was out there to advocate and help musicians. I was out there trying to do great things. So I realized, no, what I'm doing is actually good. It, you know, and my, right. my and that will ultimately come across. Good. And I think it's then, it's like you can't, what it was is I realized that the way I felt shunned, I was perhaps shunning some of my own musicians because I wanted this particular musician, this, this, this running, I'm obsessed with their music and I love that person and I really want them to be the person who's my customer, who's championing my business. But maybe it's this uh, acoustic musician who's maybe not so good, who's on the early stage and that, but that person is right behind me, ready to share and get behind the messaging and everything. And I had to look at myself and that's when I said I checked myself at the front door because it's not like we're talking about white or black or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's old, young, white, black or anything. Those who are engaged with you, give them your time and energy because they have friends as well. They have people and they will talk about you in such a positive light. Then you celebrate that, you know, almost like the people who won't get behind you and you put you, I don't know how long your business has been going, but in my business, 2016 and what i learned is the majority of people will not get behind you and it's yes. a hard way to think about it but 98 yeah. percent of the people you know will do yeah. absolutely nothing yeah. for your business and the other two percent one will just be watching going i hope you do it man i hope you do it and that yeah, good luck and the other oh, one so change it down to you and your belief and your conviction in what you're delivering and why and then once you've got that focus nothing else matters just well, that, and that's why that's why it's important when to be single-minded anyway i think um for too long as people we're held back by thinking that the people that we think you know you've said you hit the nail on the head you can't look for support from anyone apart from the support that you garner yourself mm. and you know it's taken me a long time for me to get traction on social media but i didn't expect anyone to like anything that i do I had to earn that. I had to earn it by being out there, by being consistent, by being doing videos and doing all these wonderful things. And I wasn't looking at black audience or white audience, I was looking at an audience. And it's the same for any business. Erica, once you have 10,000 customers, you've got 10,000 customers. You yeah. know, they're going to have family, their family going to be aware. Tell everybody that. Yeah. 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 You're Definitely. going to introduce new products. You might introduce products for men alongside <laughs> but you know what I mean but honestly because we spoke early didn't we and, we and I said that sometimes men can feel a little bit left out of the equation as well even though it's about mum but is there something that you can introduce you know couples pack like or a strap on body a, a strap on baby body <laughs> like so on, the pregnancy. On. <laughs> no no it's like a strap on like vest it's like a vest that goes strap on and I was like oh man no okay that's strap that's not what I meant they're not kind of pregnancy it's strap on only you know related to sex man I'm not talking about sex I'm talking you got hey, a strap on. You say a false belly. You got... Okay, a vest. Okay, a vest. I'm gonna edit that last bit. I'm editing We're it. We're gonna move on. <laughs> oh my no, god. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you know, like you said, in my own head, there was perceptions of me not being a mom. Well, how am I gonna be received? And I really do feel like at this point in my life, it is holding me back that I just want to scream and shout from the rooftops who I am, what I've got, what I can do. Mm. And if you receive it, you do. And if you don't, you don't. Because eventually, like you said, people will come along anyway. And I've more than proven that with my personal social media. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah i suppose it's just getting the same confidence in business isn't it just do it i remember remember mary was sorry mary was a virgin and she delivered us jesus remember right we've just gone through we've just gone through a period in our lives where we had no control over anything so the parts of your life that you can control backside control them man control them because tomorrow they could lock off the country again and then we've all got to get locked behind there's nothing we can do about it so for me mm. now it's about do what you need to do just do it don't worry about I'll don't worry about, the, don't do worry about the little voice saying oh you don't want to just do it man just do it yeah, I'll be there, more brutal than that. You know, the truth is, like, and I look at this, where you, again, back, going back into my industry, the truth is you can be really good at what you do. You can have, have, have all sort of the tricks in, 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 in your cabinet and everything like that. And someone can still come in and sweep, you know, sweep and take your customers and come in with something bigger and better and everything. But the difference between you being at your best and you being at your, like being basically your own weakest thing where you doubt and almost like, you know, trepidation of, of, of a situation. Maybe you've got to go and see a particular new supplier saying, oh, I'm going to stop this stuff, you know, we're going to hold it and we'll, we'll, we'll have it on drop, uh, drop shipping or whatever. So we, you will have it, whatever way it is, you've got to be able to think, you know, I'm the, the captain of my own industry here. Like you may be within a tiny, tiny company. My business has been going for four years. We are, we've, just about got ourselves a little tiny piece and i'm not even on like financially but just about got ourselves a corner of our market where we're accepted recognized and everything and that's took a, a hell of a lot of blood sweat and tears to get there the truth of the matter is it's going to take a while but it, it will do it will follow its natural course and you've got to be the person who if you're i'll say this to people when they doubt themselves in life anyway if you are going to jump on the side of the other people as well who will gladly put you down or gladly be indifferent about if you're successful or not or will watch from a distance and say yeah well good on you and everything if you're going to be on their side of the road who's on your side of the road when you're looking at you as well you've got nobody left so when all the chips are down you have to be the one person going all right and if all of you are gone i'm back in me you know because i know who i am so regardless like when you've seen a ceo i'll go into meetings i've had people knighted by the queen uh, you know, multi-millionaires and everything and sat down and I feel like the most confident man in the room. Yeah. My like money's always on me. Absolutely. Um, mm. It's just in terms of this business and maybe my internal fears mm. and being so far out of my comfort zone, it's like, yeah, I really felt like I was at this kind of sticking point. So today's been really helpful for me because I think you've really just said, just do it. And I know deep down that, I need to. You're so, not in your if you was, you wouldn't have designed this. You wouldn't have thought about very carefully about the products that would have gone into it and been able to put that together. Being a person who's not a parent, and the second thing I've, I know I'm talking a lot, but the second thing I wanted to just say to add to that is you would have been around siblings, family, like you're saying, you're the godparent, you're this, that, other. You've seen good examples of parenting and you would have seen bad examples of parenting. Yeah. It's the same as if you grow up with a drinker in the house or something like that. You're going to be a drinker or you're going to be completely the opposite. It depends on if you've learned the lesson that that person said or set or not. And that is the lesson with us in life. I wasn't a businessman until I was a businessman. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. So like, it's the same with you. Like now you've got your product. Now you've got what you, you know, what it is. Now you've just got to stand behind it. And just like Nigel just said, be loud and proud about who you are. And the truth, just to top this off, 
98 percent of people probably won't even ask if you're a mom yeah. they will look at the product it's use uh, it, uh, it's usability and they will look around the messaging and and everything around that when you're, Just, when, when you're on the forbes list they will a 44 billion pound company do you know she hasn't even got children yeah i was gonna ask that well how, how <laughs> do you how do you that how do proud you, moment yeah I'm, I'm, i was actually <laughs> questions today was consumer of the product and i wouldn't look at whether you've been a mom or yeah not. that's, that's it. the quality of the products but also the fact that you're relatable so if your face was on it and if there was some some personal bite of you which is a leaflet or a video or something then i would be like yeah i buy into that so yeah i, I want to uh, know how how did you actually get inspired to do something when you never had kids that is a good question though how did you when did you think oh I ain't got kids, but I'm going to make some. You said you thought something was missing that you after the, like the. He's just trying to yeah, was he fill a gap in the market, or is that what he was? No, that's yeah. not your inspiration. Um, I have to be fully honest. You asked me a question, um, so after a series of miscarriages, um, I realised oh. that probably may not be my destiny. Mm. But why does that actually stop me from you know still no. being able to be a part and contribute to that? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of how it started is for me once I having been through that it made me very conscious of the products I was using the things I was putting into my body um you know the importance of those things which kind of led me down a journey then mm -hmm. and then in, in having looking at those things I did really notice a, a gap and nobody really being at the forefront of saying this is what pregnant women should be doing this is what yeah. they really need mm. you know it isn't about all of the the fancy things it really is about the mindset you know preparing yourself for birth the the getting through it the being kind to yourself the being mm. doing the right things by your body putting the right things into your body and at every point through the hospitals through the people you know that have been through it that share their experiences nobody talks about the real hard truth of what you do need and what could help you was all very um airy fairy kind of oh it'll be amazing and yeah. oh you know yeah. um so i wanted to bring a bit of realness to yeah. to it yeah do you think uh, you know your future plans for mm -hmm. the stuff do they include writing a book absolutely um i did i did start one um wait there, you just started it and you didn't finish it was a joint book so uh. Yeah, I can't really complete the book without the other person. Um, but I think I think there's a couple of books in me. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> this, especially on this project alone. Yeah, man. Mm. Well, we're gonna get behind you anyway. Like I say, what we'll do Thank is we'll, we'll share the link um, to your business with a bit about yourself as well. I'll happily put it on my own um, Facebook page as well. Um, I really hope that. Like I say, you, like the way you, you're delivering this business as well is already really impressive. And like I say, the way I, the trajectory I can see is just skywards. And I think because of that, because of the usefulness of it, um, and because of how many people it will appeal to, and I think you're so relatable. Like I can't. I think all of us have said it. I can't stress that enough. I think you're so relatable and and so endearing that people will want to get behind you as well. And I think you've got to literally. Just, just back yourself one hundred percent and be the face of your brand. And I told you, girlfriend. I told you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Take it from me. I deal with a lot of people, so like I'm telling you now, like you have to be. 
There's no shame in not being a parent and having a business in, in parenting. You only have to look at government, where the, the health minister will be the defence minister the next week. <laughs> 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 Let's not talk about Donald Trump and you get in and you've yeah. got no experience you know, Reagan, all these people who've gone into office and that who were actors and stuff like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California. They ain't got no experience. Experience is life experience and having um, intellect and being able to you know to share a vision is something that only you know so many people can do entrepreneurship in in general is something a lot of people talk about but to, how many people talk about the idea and don't do anything about it it's literally every person i grew up with so like i'm, I'm telling you know and there's some of us now are out there and we're trying to make things happen and i think listen we just got to start to celebrate ourselves you know take yourself even away from the product we just got to start celebrating ourselves and believing in ourselves especially as black people and people of color we got to start saying you know you know this, we've already talked about everything that's un unfair in the system so let's just go out and get ours we're doing good things let's go out and get ours and believe in ourselves definitely on that note um where can we get your product www.pregnancybumpbox.com and we're also available on etsy as well if you could send me your links and then what yeah. i'll do is i'll post them in the group um after our kind of post post podcast um just to podcast. um also give you a quick heads up it might be a conversation for another day but recent work that i've started since lockdown was um another link i met actually at the same women's event in march i met a female police officer in the west midlands mm -hmm. um, and we met up recently and she wanted to look at stop and search in the uk and how we yes. could make Ooh. look at how it could be potentially be made more fair um look at what's going wrong um can we get her on yeah 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 absolutely we gotta get her on man we gotta get a police officer on the, i think it's yeah. definitely got to be part of the conversation because i think we've alluded to this on previous shows you know i'll give a lot of examples from america we're actually going to be interviewing somebody from black lives matter in minnesota next week wow. so um this which is really really cool um but I mean, like in, in terms of the UK, we, we discussed this earlier before, before, didn't we, Nigel, where we're saying we need to know what the clear messaging is, is here for us in the UK because there's so many discretions still happening within our society and, and the, you know, the racism is systemic inside our society. We need to be in possession of all the facts and we need to find a way of presenting that and putting a show around that and then actually talking about like, what is it, like, that, like I say, we need to do. And Stop and Search is a huge part of where, where the breakdowns are happening right there now. There was um, a gentleman who's on Channel 4 News, what day we are now, we're on Tuesday, I think it was last Friday maybe, and this guy had been stopped by the police. Um, he, he recorded it and he says, right, I want your number, your number, your number. I'm coming to train you guys because you don't understand black people. And then they had him, Channel 4 had gone there to show him doing the training with these young new black uh, police recruits, sorry. Um, so this black guy's gone in there and he says right so basically he was telling talking to him about you know what do you think when you see black and what you got to remember right guys let's be honest now some of these people are going into the police and their experience with black people has been what the media's told them it hasn't been first hand it hasn't been oh i got a friend and he was a good lad and we went this we played football it's like oh those blacks are all in gangs aren't they and these coppers mm. were literally saying that well mm. i thought they were all in gangs or i thought there was all drug dealers and then mm. this is what they believe. And you've got to think, well, where's it come from? It's media. Media. Yeah. media. And they don't, 
you know, you can't force <laughs> diversity on people. You can't say, whoa, go and hug a black man. You can't say that. Yeah. But you can uh, most certainly indoctrinate uh, the way that different people are. And, and the way you start, you've got to start at school. You've got to start young because some of them parents mm. are too far gone. And we're going to start um, humanising black people, man, for so long, like I say, in general. It's the media. dehumanising, we've got to call it out literally everywhere, you know, when we're seeing it on the TV. Like, I'm not a big fan of going back and changing all these old films. I think, look, what's been and gone is gone. I'm saying, like, maybe yeah, you should them so much or put the little warning on them. I think it's neither here or there. I think when we're looking at now, you know, the, the way that programmes are made, and, like, yeah, people are going, oh, everything's going to change now. Listen, we need to be culturally aware because at the end of the day, we're always mindful of how we portray, well, you know, certain other races, especially the glorification of whites, and it's not, I've got nothing against white people. My, my mom is white, you know, I've got white family, but at the same time, we've got to start saying no. Not anyone, you know, it can be black characters on screen or whatever, Matt, but if we're always written up in a bad way, if the way they talk about us on the news is always derogatory, if the way that we're being stopped and searched, if the way is, you know, disproportionate, if all of these things are still happening, the same, like you said about the court system, white person and black person charged for the same burglary beginning in different sentences now we need to start looking into it and calling it out and us as uh, like reporters and that talking about it on a more regular basis even stop and search though going back to culture you know as a black boy when you get cussed by your parents your lips long your are like... mm. so think about it a policeman and it's almost like fire hitting fire. And because the police tend, when I've seen it, they tend to come at it with a cocky attitude and eh, we're the best yeah. rather than, oh, listen here, sir, let's, let's see if we can talk this. They never come at it from an angle of, let's talk. They always come at it from, I'm the boss. Well, trouble, yeah, it'll cause trouble. And that's, and that's the wrong, if you think that a black person growing up has always been thinking, I'm oppressed, they're always, you know, treading on me. They're already starting from back there. So as soon as this couple comes up, it's like, eh, giving it all that. Straight away, his back's up. He's ready to just... They've got a problem. They they don't know how to communicate with young people. And don't get me wrong, young people aren't that easy to communicate with all the time. But I think if you start a conversation with a negative, you get a negative back. That's it. You Mm. you know that in real life anyway. You start with a negative, you want a negative back. You start with a positive, you might go negative, but you can always bring it back. But you start on a negative, and then both of you like that. You ain't going anywhere, man. That was one of the things that, um, with my charity background, that shone through for me is I've been to a few protests. I've seen a lot of um, what's going on. There's loads of people doing great work in the UK, but we seem a bit lost. We haven't got a leader. We haven't got a message. We haven't got an end goal out of this. Um, So, like I said, we've begun now by having that dialogue with the police. We have to start somewhere. Um, Stop and search is proportionally unfair and creates bad relations between the community and black people. After speaking to the young people, um, one thing that came out is, you know, most young men want to be a police officer when they're kids. Yeah, I wanted to be a police officer when I was a kid. Wayne so, and I did I did not mean we was going to go. My dad Something clearly yeah. goes wrong somewhere along, you know, along that line. If most young men want to start out life as that and then end up being harassed, um, you know, in some cases by the police and eventually end up hating the police and so much distrust. Yeah. So, yeah, if you'd like to have her on the show um, and we're meeting with the Super Nintendo, so the big boys are willing to meet us. We've got the data which we're ready to present to them. Um, so we're having the conversation so we can, you know, potentially have a discussion another day. Yeah, about that'd be great. That'd be UK great. And- that'd, be mm, awesome. that'd be really good. Definitely. I did want 
Erica as well about um, when I was listening to that podcast with Mars Lord, the doula in um, yeah. London, he was talking about the morbidity rate of uh, black women in childbirth going up, but the morbidity rate of white women was in decline. And she said that this report is not that old at all. So is that bias? Like, I don't know if you've heard this or if this had any influence on your care for women and pregnancy, but um but i did wonder what you thought about that whether that's bias within the system and how that absolutely, absolutely. the system's bias the house system is completely biased towards black people whether it be pregnant women um you know black men black women 110 percent when we look up all mortality rates and most illnesses we are disproportionately affected in every port in in every point in life not just with policing with education with health not just in america here in the uk the statistics reflect that in every in every situation we are much much worse off there is something going wrong somewhere yeah top down and i just know how that's going to be changed because like nigel said about the attitudes and coming from that side and that you know being confrontational from that side and the stereotypes and then the stereotypes and the defensivity also i don't know how it's going to come together what your perspective was on that one of the things i said is um you know it took me a long time to learn my, my history um and for myself I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones growing up as a mixed race person can be quite difficult sometimes uh, not really knowing where you belong where you fit and what your identity was i was very lucky because i was taught both sides of my culture and, and understand them well um and as a result of that i've really kind of embraced both sides and not been too effective but with even in all that even the things i was taught in my household you know the positive things of rosa parts and Marcus Garvey and, and all the typical people that we know. I was never taught though, like you mentioned earlier, Erica, about relatable women um, that you know I could relate to growing up, that not Beyonce's of the world, but women of achievement, women that have, have you know come over to overcome challenges. Yeah. And one of the things when I first started learning this, and the more and more I learn, and the more I love films that have come out like Hidden Figures and yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. really, really inspire us, is that please learn not just about the bad side of our history and that goes for black people but white people all across the world people um but you know celebrate our achievements too because there are plenty of them our history isn't just all filled with negativity and bad and slavery mm. like i'm getting fed up with us being defined by these particular moments in history when there's been so many other great moments there's been yeah, some sure. amazing black civilization yeah. I mean, in, in the world before Christianity, you know, there was, there was, there was, you know, look at the pyramids in Egypt, look at some of the um, temples in South America, some of the civilizations in Africa, they were in advance. You know, how could these people, if they were so savage, Military. go to Europe and conquer Spain? Yeah. Actually, and, and can I drop some knowledge on you? Can I drop some knowledge on you? I'll tell you what it is actually, here we go. Oh, <laughs> I love that book, I haven't read that book, but I know it from other books I've read. Um, what happened is um, just the book over the shoulder. I'll give you a quick, quick. There's a quick brief summary in it. What happens is that uh, basically the Caucasians are mad at us because we kicked them out of Africa too soon. That's what it is, and that's why they get elaborate on that, bro. Well, what happened is like obviously being Caucasian. Now, regardless of what you think, I'm just saying it's okay. I'm just <laughs> replicating. Being Caucasian was a genetic um, disposition. At like albinos, for okay. example, 
So um, when the black people gave birth to the, you know, you always hear the theory that black people are the only race that can give birth to white and black people, which is true, albinos. Um, so when the black people gave birth to the albinos, they used to be like, oh, God, you know, God has cursed me. So they'd send all the albinos into a certain area in Africa. Basically, that's what they did. And the albinos started like mating with each other, which created then the white race. Uh, that's not the version I got. <laughs> you don't know this. Like, uh, this is some high-level stuff, though, man. Away from I, I, Africa, that they had, had less and less melanin. So, um, I thought it was. I thought it was the from the equator they moved. Yeah. No, but that's after, isn't it? That's after. That's something that happens after. You're going back. You're going back to like. We're going back. Thing. We're going back, you're man. We're going back. Yeah, but um, anyways, that's basically what happened, and and they concocted a plan on how they could probably get us back, and that's probably what's what's happening. They got smart. I don't, I don't, I don't think them guys from way back in ten thousand BC was thinking about now. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, we look, we look. All you have to do is pass the idea onto a generation. Now, I think, I think racism is a thing. The reason that racism became a thing because there's black people in England in the in the in the eight hundred AD. You know what I mean? They had Roman soldiers who were black. In the UK. Yeah, that's they true. Germany had, had um, soldiers who were black. Black people have been all over the world. There's been black people in Russia from way when. What happened, and, and this, is again, this is what I've heard, they used colour as a way to distinguish yeah, religion. what religion you yeah. were. So if you were white, then you had to be Christian or Jewish, whatever. If you were black or whatever, you were a heathen or you were, um, you were uh, Muslim or whatever, then you were like seen bad. So in the 16th, I think it was the Spanish Inquisition where the Catholic Church says, right, we're going to go around and we're going to convert the whole world. And if they don't convert, burn them. So they forced their religion on other people. Mm. They made the assumption that if they weren't white, that they had to be um, a savage religion anyway, so they'd wipe them out. But race became a thing then. That's when it was colour. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was, it was when so, they went into the You know, I think, you know, I think, put it out there, I think that, you know what, we're better at a lot of things. We always have been. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And there, there's some kind of deeper threat there for not, the, you know, not the, the white people that exist today, but for the system itself. Yeah. There's, there's some kind of threat there. We have so When has that yeah, gone absolutely. away to challenge you then? When has that gone away? Because like I say, the policeman who still pulls up on, on a black guy, or let's say he pulls up on a white guy first, saving the States because obviously they use deadly force. And it was, you know, and they say, you know, that guy's going, get away from me, get away from me. Where a black guy might say, I'll oh, move up, brother, man, move up. And they, it's that fact, that, that indifference. They don't know that they haven't been around with the person who's calling them blood and bro and kissing their teeth and that. So then they take offense by much different you know it's not being around our culture so that what make people i think now inherently racist they can't deal with the difference like you were saying about not but then i beg to question is that our culture because i don't speak like that but you don't but what it is is like i don't i don't relate, I don't relate across that to somebody culture, not to black culture yeah but i mean like, like you said there's racial stereotypes so like yeah. i say that, that, that and, and that, those stereotypes but, are, are part of the, you know the problem but the fact mm. that we allow our youth to play into them too like all i know is that i've, I've tried to educate myself and better myself because i knew when the day come to be stood up and counted that i'd have to speak a certain way i'd have to yeah. appear mm, a certain yeah. way to yeah. be even be even be heard yeah. you know yeah. and actually if i was going to go and i've said this a few times to a few young men that i've met that you know got a tattoo and their gold teeth in the mouth and certain, speak a certain way and i say well you're going to be judged yeah well you want to be judged yeah you committed you know, yourself by that committed, time you've yeah. done that you've committed 
You know, you could not not to necessarily to a life of crime, but to uh, like a, a life say, of judgment. A drive, a life of definitely a life of judgment, yeah. and there's plenty of people who who won't look, you know, who you know, who won't give you a chance, you know, just because of that. Like you just said, now if you've got the wrong name, almost if you've got the wrong, you know, postcode, if you've got postcode, you know, yeah, all these things will go against you already. This is the systemic racism that we're. Well, then, are we not educating our young people enough to to kind of? I, I suppose. I knew growing up that as a black person, I had to be twice as good. And I always, I, I always intended to be twice as good anyway. So it didn't Same. really bother me. <laughs> but, but um, you know, and I know that where they can, people are trying to get that across to the young people. But are we really trying hard enough? You see, for me now, it's, been, it's become acceptable to be a, a wannabe, a wannabe gangster. It's acceptable to kind of, you know, look at a, a lifestyle of, doing whatever you want and you've only got to watch TV where they do whatever they want on TV and it's like, oh, he's a wonderful celebrity. You know, this man has, has, has beat up this man and this man's beat up his yeah. woman. Oh, and they're in the paper and we're talking about them and they're on the news. So people see that and they think, oh, so I can go on away and no one's going to really say nothing to me because it's all right mm -hmm. for them. And we live in a, right now the world's a messed up place, man. Mm -hmm. In terms of values, in terms of the whole element of, um, you know where where are people going? Where where's where's the end goal? Where's the mm. end goal for everything? That goes back to media again, though, doesn't it? It's all media, like, man. The control media, media really are. So yeah. All power and control in the media, I think. Yeah, and we need our own. But the one that we didn't have, which was Voice, they failed miserably, man. I used to read yeah. their paper every week. Sold out. The reason out. I stopped. I didn't sell out, but it's always. Oh, with London news, London news. Like, there's no nah. black people north of Watford. And I, thought, you know, sort of, <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't supporting you, man. Um, every week I used to buy that. Paper. I used to walk, I used to go to Birmingham to buy, catch boss to go and buy a paper, you know. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think uh, we've exhausted <laughs> my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> guys, what a cracking show, man. Hey, hey, Erica, thanks, uh, thanks, Erica Osman, it's been really nice just being around get me all your links Etsy yeah. website and I'm going to put them all into our group so people can kind of look share and everything else but um, yeah. we'll get you back on again soon man as soon as we've gone through our rotation so we can yeah. find out the next stage of your journey Brilliant. We're all behind you as well, rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. It means right. so much. Anyone want to share anything, Nigel? Uh, up? Okay, so uh, Love Sales Hate Selling Program is open. <laughs> so if you are a small business owner and you need some help with your marketing and you hate technology, then speak to me and I'll get you over that fear and get you marketing like you're, you're a marketing hero. Um, yeah, just come back to me. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Herica Horseman? Uh, yeah, I am at the moment. Hate fundraising, but love my son's drama school that is drastically failing. So look out, I'm just giving links from him. And I'm going to be getting the kids doing some little videos and everything so we can save his drama school because my little drama king needs it. Okay. Well, where's, where's the drama school? Where is it? 
Um, it's called Playbox, so it's um, it's based in Warwick. So they have classes in Stratford upon Avon. But yeah, from the lockdown and everything, they usually have so much revenue, so much going oh, on, so God many plays, so many shows, and they've been really good. Even though it is like quite you know predominantly middle class white area, they're like so great. They have few diverse uh, people members, and yeah, my little <laughs> sister, he just loves it. He's such a drama king. So oh, yeah, really needs a big Playbox or whatever. Drop some, drop some links in the group, man. If there's any yes, fundraising yes. or anything. Yes, yes, yes. Side. Yes, um, I'm just saying, I want to let everybody know I am working extremely, extremely hard on our sister show that I'm going to tell people about more towards the time. But Rhea and Al Stalia and the team here are going to be working on some dual projects, uh, including the Black Lives Matter. That's going to be, uh, it'll probably be up on the 12th, but we're going to be doing it on the 10th, of, uh, which is next week, I believe. So look out for the Black Lives Matter special um, uh, with Black Lives Matter in Minnesota. Okay. And Erica, last but not least. Uh-huh. What? It's another day. It's another day. It's, uh, oh. I'll, we'll check, I'll double check the dates, but yeah, it's next week anyway. Um, Erica, last but not least, give us your address again, web address, email address, where we can contact you if you've got Twitter, LinkedIn. So it's www.pregnancybombbox.com and I will send all the links across so you can add them to the group. Brilliant. All right, guys, keep watching, and Thank I'll you. see you guys soon. Man, we can go out to the music as usual. Yeah.